Welcome to Cleveland's newest and Cleveland's best sports podcast. This is Two Guys in a Mic with your hosts Ron Pierce and Sean Davis. Let's go. Welcome everybody to another edition of Two Guys in a Mic. I am one of your hosts, RP. And I'm your other host, Big Sean. How you doing, RP? I'm doing good, man. Can't complain too much. Well, I was uh, I was actually trying to get back a little bit further from the from the camera because my bags are coming out. I don't know if I'm tired now or if uh, I just need to get some more sleep or what. But uh, you're just old. That's all it is. And it could, look, and it could. That's all it is. It's just old. <laughs> it could be that too. It could be most of that. I tell you that right now. It could be mostly uh, the old part. So uh, how you been, man? You good? Yeah, I'm fine, man. I can't complain. I can, but nobody want to hear me complain. Nobody cares. So other than that, I'm good. What about yourself? Uh, like I say, other than being a little bit tired, um, I've been good. I can't complain too much. Uh, you know, working, doing my one-two, of course, still watching and paying attention to the, you know, to the sports scene. Uh, Got a few things we're going to talk about, you know, on the sports scene tonight. Uh, but aside from that, you know, I had a pretty good Mother's Day. It was a little busy weekend trying to make sure everything was cool for the for the mothers in my uh, in my life. You know, my wife and my mom, uh, my mother-in-law. So uh, I cooked dinner. I, I, I uh, smoked a brisket. Oh, yeah? So, okay. Yeah, so so uh, that was my weekend pretty much, getting that together, and then I, I – did some ribs and you know did you smoke stuff. your ribs too yeah yeah okay so that, that's my next thing man i'm working on getting a smoker now um i have my eye on this it was a weber smoky mountain oh nice is it um, one of the gravity ones no it's it's a tower it's, it's a regular okay okay smoker um charcoal smoker so I was going I'm at you. okay yes yeah, so i'm looking at that man because that's that's what i, I want to learn how to do uh, especially I can just put stuff on and then not worry about it or check on it like every hour. Yeah, you, know? you just got to make sure the fire stay up. I mean, you know, I got a, a regular grill smoker. So you just got to keep feeding the fire. It's like being on a damn train back in the day. You know, yeah. you got <laughs> you literally got to be shoveling coals and wood into this thing to keep the fire up. But uh, yeah, that was, you know, my mother's day. I didn't get a chance to talk to you, but I hope your, your mom and your grandma had a good yeah, everybody had a, had, a, had, a, had a good day, man. It was kind of a quiet day, which is the way my mama wants it anyway. She was like, the right. best thing you can do for me for Mother's Day is leave me to hell alone. So. Has she always yeah. been that way? She's always been that way. She don't want to go out to dinner, nothing, because she don't want to deal with the crowds and all of that. Now, I'll cook, like, some other, some other days I've grilled. Um, I couldn't do, I had to work this year, so. I couldn't do that, um, but she wants to be quiet, have a quiet day. Nobody bothers her. Uh, matter of fact, she used to just go play bingo a lot of times. Like back back when the Catholic churches had the bingo halls really running, that was her thing. She was like, give me some money, give me $40, $50, and you won't see me the rest of the night. Yeah, she would leave about like four or five, and she'd be there all night. And she'd go hammer. Right. <laughs> hey, listen. It's Mother's Day, so I guess, you know, at the end of it, it's whatever they want. It's however they want it. 
It right. don't. It don't really make. You know, look, it ain't up to me. So my my day is is my birthday and Father's Day. Them, those are my two days where I get to call. You know, whatever shot is gonna happen. So, mm-hmm. but I, I do return the favor. Mother's Day. I don't know how many times I told my wife she thinks she run every damn thing. I don't know how many times I told her to go sit her ass down. Man, go sit down. I got it. <laughs> right. Like, just, and it's Mother's Day. So you, why is you trying to organize stuff? Just go watch TV. Put your robe on and your pajamas and, and chill, you know? But uh, it's all good. So let's let's uh, go on ahead and get into uh, some of the stuff. We didn't. We haven't um, had a show uh, post-draft. We did have our pre-draft show, um, one of which, to be completely and totally honest, that's why you guys need to uh, follow the show, need to need to subscribe to the show. Sean and I actually both gave um, guys names in the draft that the Browns actually ended up picking. So I almost feel like the Browns are listening to us. Some They have a mole. Barry's definitely listening. Why not? Yeah, you know. They, Why not they, get all these, these great jewels of wisdom? They, they, <laughs> they paying attention somewhere because uh, actually the first two draft picks that we got were guys that Sean and I both mentioned or said these are guys that are being mentioned to be drafted by us and would not be bad uh, on the team. So Let's. So I'm gonna fit. Yeah, yeah. So let's. I'm gonna run down every one of the draft picks that we ended up with. Uh, just as a recap, um, first we had in round one, we had Greg Newsom, the cornerback out of uh, Northwestern. Round two, uh, we traded up from. I believe we were at 59, and we traded up to 52 with Chicago, and ended up with Jeremiah Usu Koromora. Um, who was who I wanted? That was the guy I I thought was was would have been the pick earlier in the first round. Sean actually picked Greg Newsom, by the way, or said that Greg Newsom was a was a guy he had his eye on. Uh, Anthony Schwartz was in the third round. Fourth round was James Hudson, uh, offensive tackle. Also in the fourth round was Tommy uh, Tagaya from Ohio State, defensive tackle. Round five was Tony Fields, the second linebacker uh, out of West Virginia. Then they picked Richard LeCount from Georgia, safety from Georgia. And round six, they picked up uh, Demetric Felton, the running back out of UCLA. So what was your thought about how the Browns approached the draft, bro? Um, my initial thoughts were, you know, when they picked Greg Newsom, I was like, okay, I thought um, that was a good pick. I know some people weren't, weren't overly thrilled. They weren't upset about it, but a lot of people wanted to go linebacker, especially since JOK from Notre Dame was out there. But um, when I thought about it, I said, that's solid because when you think about it, the Browns right now, they don't have any reliable depth at cornerback. So you got Denzel, then you picked up Troy Hill from the Rams which is a good pick. But after that, um, we don't have anybody. You know, sure, can't yeah. you, don't, you don't know what you're going to get out of Greedy Williams. And we had a couple of what we brought back the other guy. What's his name? The one that kept getting torched by uh, Juju in the playoffs. Uh, 
Not Newsom. Uh, I mean, Robert, was it Robert Jackson? Is that his uh, name? Robert Jackson, yeah. Yeah, so they, they re-signed him. Um, I think he's more of a special teams guy, um, you know, and a depth guy, but we really didn't have anybody. Right. When you think about it, so I said, okay. Um, I remember them, you know, seeing him play in college. Um, very solid guy. And, uh, you know, I thought it was, a, it, was a, it was a solid pick there, and the Browns weren't overthinking. You know, they didn't have to move up. They didn't have to trade it. We had the guy fail to him, who I think they were targeting him all along. He failed to him. They went ahead and, and grabbed him, man. So I thought it was a solid pick. You go to Northwestern, you're a smart guy. Um, he seemed to be very excited to be here. Now, of course, when guys get drafted, everybody's excited no matter where they go. But when you saw, you know, the scene with him and his family, he seemed like he was really right. genuinely happy to be in Cleveland. So um, I think that's a positive, too. Right. So overall, I just think, you know, their approach was, you know, don't overthink it. Don't, don't, uh, you know, don't give up too much and, 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 and get the guys that, that you need, you know, to make this football team better. And, and that's pretty much my uh, take on it as well. I think that, again, I, I, say, I say this probably every show or at least almost any time that we bring up uh, the thought process of the front office, the level of stability that you feel when you come, when they get off of, say, an interview, uh, when you see them make uh, free agent signings, when you see them do the draft, it's just like they, it all makes sense. It's like they're sitting at a table doing a, a 500 piece crossword. I mean, not a crossword puzzle, but a jigsaw puzzle. They're just it's like, it's just, they're just sitting there and it's plugging holes. You know, this piece doesn't fit. So why are we trying to force this piece? That's okay. We'll find the right piece. Like that seems to be like their mantra. Like they, they're not overthinking anything. They're not overextending themselves. They're not overpaying guys. They're not trying to force a culture. It's just like, nope, this is the way it's going to be, period. And I dig it. You know, I dig it. And to hear uh, the coach, he was talking after, uh, I think he was talking after the first day of the draft. So the first day he, he was like, yeah, you know, Greg Newsom, he just fit. The, the type of person that he is fits what we want in our locker room and our, on a football field, the type of football player we're looking for. So kind of going towards what you were saying earlier, uh, Greg Newsom is a smart guy. He was at Northwestern. I think the Browns are going for smart, athletic football players. Like we need that, man. Think, just love just, right, just think about how many dumb asinine things the player they used to do, you know, you know, throughout the years. I mean, just stuff that made absolutely no sense. Because guys just weren't thinking on the field. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And if you look at the guys now that, you know, that are making the core of this football team, we're not doing those stupid things. Do, are they perfect? No. Do they make mistakes? Yes. But you're not getting, like, the boneheaded penalties, at least not consistently. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? I mean... And the we, mental mistakes. And it's crazy how quickly that turned, though, uh, Sean. Yeah. Because we're really only a year and a half roughly removed from some boneheaded penalties and stuff. Remember, yeah, it starts from the top, man. Like, the team, I think, really does reflect this head coach or just the culture of the team, period. Yeah. You know? 
So, I, you know, these guys are going into smart, again, smart athletic football players, guys that just love to play football. Um, Jeremiah uh, JOK, he is a football player. Like, he's just an instinctive football player. He's yeah, fast. now, I, I, I saw you had made a comment when we uh, – on Facebook when we drafted Greg Newsom and you weren't, you know, thrilled with it. So you, you wanted JOK first, like in the first round? I wanted I, you targeted. I did, absolutely. Uh and and I I, I kind of explained it to you, but I'll you know I'll say it again for for the folks that are listening. I felt like the type of linebacker that he is, we need that kind of a linebacker on our team. We need a a fast ball hawking, tackling, smart, instinctive guy. He wraps up when he tackles. I, I mean, this dude it's, runs into guys like he's a goddamn missile, but he picks plays out. He knows where he needs to be in, in holes and in spots, and he just gets there. And even if he doesn't get there, it makes a, a blocker have to stop and do something else, which kind of jams up a play. I watched him play a couple of times. And of course I watched highlights and I liked him when I watched him play in, in, in real time. And I damn sure like the highlight package that they put together of him. Yeah. So it was nothing against Greg Newsom. The thing I can relate it to is when uh, I wanted Denzel Ward, I just didn't want him where we drafted him. I thought we should have gotten somebody else. So it wasn't, it's not Greg Newsom. I don't think Greg Newsom is a bad pick. I got you. I just thought JOK, and then they actually said that uh, Paul DePodesta actually was like, we might need to get JOK at that spot at 26. So not that there was an argument, but he at least had a like, um, y'all sure? Y'all sure? Okay. All right. Y'all sure? Type of moment, you know, and I'm glad that they were able to, how freaking crazy is it that the Browns ended up with both of those guys? Yeah, that he kept dropping. Um, and when I saw that, I said, okay, we still might have a shot. And then once the Browns, when I saw we had traded up, I know exactly. I think I texted you as soon as they did it. Um, yeah. I said, that, that's JOK. Yeah. So the, the time had come. They was like, okay, we can't wait any longer. He actually fell to it. I think they're probably shocked that he fell that far. I'm sure they were. I think they gave up. I think they had given up, like, in terms of picking him up anyway. I think they had given up on having the opportunity to get him. So, at, like you said, as they got closer and closer, they're like, yeah, it's no way. Dude ain't falling through the 50s. He's not falling through the 50s. And, you know, so they were like, no, nah, we got to get him now. You know, let's just move up if we can, see what we can do. And, I'm, I mean, I'm glad they did. I hope it all works out because, again, these guys ain't played a game yet. You know, on paper, Greedy Williams looked like he was great. On paper, so the Grant Delphic, but these guys never even saw the field uh, this, this past season. So uh, hopefully everything pans out the way that we see it. I think that this was a very smart draft. It looked as though they were going for depth. It looked like they were going for uh, upgrades even in certain cases too. Uh, and upgrades in depth. I mean, because like you say, if we, if, you know, you resign a guy who really wasn't a second starter, you know, as, as a cornerback. Well, you just drafted a kid that can play behind a guy who was a starter all year long for the last two years in the league. Uh, and, and you know what I mean? So 
Right. You just added depth to the squad. I think you added a lot of talent to the squad. And again, that's something different too, because, you know, when you have a good player and nobody else on the other side rivals you, it doesn't bring out the good in you. It can't because you're already better than these guys. However, when you put talent on the other side of that ball, you got talent over there against OBJ and against Jarvis and against the offensive line. So it's going to bring out, you know, the best in them. You know what I mean? In practices yeah. and stuff like that. So now we're ready for, for games and guys are playing at a high level. And, That's- you know, and, and it puts certain guys on notice too. Um, you know, Matt Wilson is, I could tell he's a very emotional guy. You know, he wears his uh, emotions on his, on his sleeve. Uh, I follow him on Instagram, and I guess after the draft, you know, he puts up an emoji, you know, with the zip mouth. Because um, he know drafting JLK, that's that that's you. That's that's what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah, that's you, bro. You know. It, it, and, it's, and, it, and it needs to put guys on notice. Yeah. It should put guys on notice. I mean, and the crazy part about JLK, he could play. They were talking about the potential of him playing in a safety spot at times. Same thing with, uh, you know, then they ended up drafting the kid out of Georgia as a safety as well. So it's like, man, y'all, we basically picked up three safeties. And we got Grant Delpit coming up, too. Yeah. Like, that's um, somebody, somebody had kind of compared JLK, um, like, to a Troy Palomalu type. But you just got that runs all over the field. Um, just make some plays. Now, I hope, man, if, he, if he's even 70% of what Palomalu was. Yeah. You know, we got a great player. Absolutely. So, um, I like the sports pick. I didn't know who the kid was when we drafted him at first. Well, but I had a few guys text me, man. One of my college buddies <clears throat> from Florida said, he, you know, he's real big in the high school football and college football in the Florida area, um, in the South Florida area. And he said, man, he said, you watched that kid brought high school. I think Steve Miller said the same thing that he posted on Facebook. Um, so that kid just is a blazer. Uh, sports, you mean the wide receiver? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like four two forty, something like that. Um, it it's something that, that, that we like need, that. man. So we drafted, yeah. When we first drafted the receiver, I'm like, man, we really don't need a receiver, not that high. But then, you know, when you thought about it, you don't have any speed. Not, not take the top off the defense. Not top off team, yeah. Besides OBJ, but you don't know how he's going to come back. And then um, you don't want to, you don't want to ask him to, to try to. Excuse me, take the top off if he's not 100%. Exactly. Um, you know, I guess you can kick returner too. So I was yeah, thinking about the odd man out in the receiving core. I guess that would, that would be JoJo Natson. Probably would be the odd man out. And Kadero uh, probably won't play a lot either. But well, it, it, it all depends add, on. It does add depth though, regardless. Yeah, I, I, guess, I guess it depends on how fast. They want to bring the kid up because we don't know, you know, as far as this, this might be a move you're looking for like maybe a year or two in the future on one of our receivers leaves. You know no, what I'm no, saying? No. I'm sure. I'm sure that's a so, part of it because that's how yeah. they're approaching the, the draft. They approach the draft in terms of like developing guys and adding depth. And then they use free agency for like starters, right. guys that we need, like right now, plug in guys or guys with, with, uh, with experienced guys with, you know, who already been in the league. So they're bringing up these young kids to learn basically underneath, 
you know, uh, the experience of these veterans. So right. I don't I don't doubt that at all that that this guy, you know, that source might end up being like the number two guy or the slot guy within the next because we only signed Rashard to a, a one year deal. So he may not be here next year. I don't think uh, he will. I I mean I'm not saying he won't. I'm saying he may not right. be here after that, you know, this uh the contract is up. We don't know. Cause he might want more money. He might want to go somewhere and make some dough. So it's just a matter of how it all plays out, but I think it's a good addition because again, you still add depth. We got depth and we have options. Like I, I think he's gonna be a punt returner or a kick returner, one of the two. If not, yeah, that's one thing that we really don't have. Uh Natson got hurt early in the season. And, and Dearness Dearness Johnson. Running, yeah, we were running Dearness Johnson. Who else did we run out there? Uh, uh, I didn't I didn't I like think- Kadero like red wine sometimes to do punt returns. Kadero Haas was back there once or twice. Yeah, I it, was, it was just it was kind of like by committee. We were just running guy, but we need a guy um, that that has the potential to score. And I don't think you know Deonis Johnson was scaring nobody back there. He did, he didn't he did okay. He wasn't horrible and he wasn't bad. Yeah. But, but at no point in time did I think that he's gonna take it to the house. I'm like it's, it's not gonna happen. Yeah, we need we need a guy that might give off a piece of a threat of that. And I, I maybe this guy will be, uh, will be that. I didn't see a lot of shiftiness, but most of his catches, he was, he was right. Yeah, they're all behind. Right, <laughs> he had burned everybody. And that's so, what I'm saying. That's why he may not be ready to to be um, a big part of the receiving core. But as far as yeah. the special team, that's yeah, probably he needs to develop some. Yeah, you know, develop his route running a little bit, which is cool. You know? I mean, you know, he's a he's a rookie. And, and apparently he's got time to do that. And I mean, time based on the fact that he has two or three guys. He's probably, at this point, he's probably like fourth at the highest on the depth chart. And that's at the highest. Yeah. I really? don't think yeah. he's going to do that yeah. high yeah. right probably, probably more like fifth or sixth, really. Well, that's what I'm saying. I said at the highest, he's going to be fourth. Yeah. That's, that's at the highest. Thinking the highest of him. They picked him in the third round. So they must think something of him. But that's the highest I can see him. He's not, we already know he ain't starting over uh, Juice or uh, OBJ. Um, he's not going to start over Richard. So at the at the highest, I have him right. at fourth. But I doubt that he's fourth because I'd rather see Kadero Hodge come in at that, you know, at that fourth spot or potentially uh, in Joku or somebody. So, right. But, uh, you know, beyond that, like you say, it was just at that point after after that guy, actually even including that guy, it was just depth, 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 depth. After, like one player after the next player after the next player, everybody was depth. It was a depth guy after a depth guy after a depth. Guy. Remember how we used to like try to figure out like what the fifth, sixth, or seventh round guys were going to do, you know, on the team, and really. And, and, and when you think about it, it's ridiculous because most of those guys don't make the team or really don't. Hey. <laughs> I thought he left. He don't come back. Wait. <laughs> you know, and it was ridiculous. Like, we were actually looking at these late-round draft picks to come in and make some type of an impact. And now that, that we come to our senses, that we, now that we got a decent football team, <laughs> we realize that these guys are depth guys and they don't make the team. It's like, okay, you know. Yeah, and listen, that's, that's, a good, that's a good damn feeling after 200 years of 
right. bull crap and bad uh bad management like you say we we see these guys and we got all this hope for that fifth round draft pick who kind of they thought was going to go in the third round and we got this guy yay let's see if he makes it you know what i mean because we don't have anything else now honestly and i the crazier part is i actually do see value in most of the guys that they pick right and if it's not i'm looking back at the draft from last year all those guys made the team, man. Like uh, Donovan Peoples Jones was our last pick in the draft. And I forgot about DPJ. So yeah, dude, probably, yeah. dude, probably fifth or sixth for sure. I forgot about him. I hadn't even. Yeah. Uh, Nick Harris was the fifth round pick. He made the team. He had to start a couple of games. Uh, and Harrison Bryant was like a fourth round pick. Harrison Bryant, yep. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, those guys can, can add value. Just normally, just don't expect them to. You know, you're drafting guys that late. But but that's a little not take it all. I think all these guys, the kid from uh, West Virginia, uh, the linebacker, Tony Fields, he was another guy who they said could play safety. And they compared him to JOK in terms of how he played. Okay. I said, man, that's crazy. So if you, if you F around, and we talk about this all the time, why is it that, you know, the Ravens or the Steelers always end up with three or four, you know, really, really solid football players at one time. We could be on the way to doing it. And here's something else to think about, too, um, because everybody kept saying, you know, analytics, analytics, analytics. Analytics does not um, value linebackers. They treat them as a dime a dozen. Andrew Berry is not going to draft a linebacker, you know, early in the draft or anything like that. And he turned around and he, and he does it. Yeah, you know, so I think that goes to show you that it's not all they, you know, analytics. They're probably using, you know, just the solid football mind and making solid football moves too, and not just relying on on numbers or yeah, I, you know. I, I agree, and I've I'm I've been one, you know, uh, who's been probably overly guilty with suggesting that he's quote unquote just an anal uh, analytics guy. But uh, yeah, he's proven to be just a smart individual in a room that's not trying to be the smartest guy in the room. That's not trying to be the, it's, I mean, this dude is like, he, he's got a plan. He knows what he wants. He knows what the team might need. And that's how he approaches the game. And I mean, in, in, in the draft and putting the roster together. So you almost, I don't want to say it, but it's almost like, man, whatever it, I think, you know, I'm just going to say this. I'm not going to say what I was going to say. I'm just going to say this. I think the kid knows what he's doing. I, you know, whenever he goes after a guy or, or if ever he decides this ain't the guy for us, I'm almost inclined to just be like, all right. Right. You know, and everything is so quiet in Berea. You don't hear, like, we had no idea. We heard rumblings, but we didn't know who the Browns were going to pick. Normally, we know back in the day, you already know the man. Like back in January, you pretty much knew who the Browns were going to pitch or who they had targeted. At least, you know, three or four guys they had targeted. Or they would have told you who came into town for a visit. Right. <laughs> like, exactly. <laughs> I heard went and all that. Now, everything is, you, you don't hear a peep out of Berea now. No turmoil. No, no, it's crazy. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, it's 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 super crazy. Like you know how the season gets to a certain point, and then you start to hear, "Oh, well, this is why dude wasn't playing." Oh, or this is, oh wait, I thought they said he was sick. No, they they left him. They sent him home, or you know what I mean. Like you always right. hear some BS. Like later on in the season when you thought everything was was good, and then you find out it was all crap. And like you say, you find out it was clicks. You find out it was factions. As you, yes, that's your word, factions. Right. Like, they, <laughs> like, like they, like they in Colombia or something. Right. <laughs> All these factions in the Browns locker room. Uh, but you know, it's, and then you hear about stuff that happened during the season, and you get guys coming out saying how great of a locker room. Or you get guys telling stories about OBJ when you hear all these people and fans outside of the locker room saying, oh, he's a cancer. He's this, he's that. And you hear people in the locker room like, yeah, uh, OBJ, uh, you know, gave my mama a ride to work. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like little, <laughs> right. little stuff to just refute the BS that people are are throwing around. And that's just unbrown. That's really unbrown like over the last uh, 40 plus years of my life right so it's it's really uh it's really refreshing and as old as i'm as i'm getting you know we'll be 50 in like three weeks it seems like as old as i'm getting i don't have the energy and, and the stress levels to continue to deal with these guys on the levels that i've dealt with them over the past uh, you already know i don't <laughs> I've been almost in a zen-like state with the Browns the past couple of years. And that's like, like you it's almost, like they ain't getting me. Listen, and you almost have to take that on. You remember when I boycotted? I was like, I ain't watching the game. I'm not. I ain't watching no game <laughs> all that time. I'm not doing it. So I, I wouldn't watch no games, or the game would come on. It was weird because like my wife would be like. I just realized you went to the grocery store and it's like two o'clock. Yeah, I'm not watching that. I'm not watching it. <laughs> I'm just I can't do it. Too it, much. Was, it was too. It was. It was. It was. Just, it was too much. Yeah, they was trying Way to kill me. Take me off. I told there. you, man. Go back, but when you, when you get time, man, just go back on YouTube and just don't. You ain't even got to go back ten years, man. Just go back like four and look at the roster. You know what I'm saying? None of these guys like sticking around. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Just look who was on the team, and you forget. He was like, "Damn, he did play for us." You know, they had a. Um, it was on on somebody on on IG had put up a, a picture of a player. It's like, yeah, you can get guess this player. Blah 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 blah. They was Scott Player. Like I forgot that that old man punted for the Browns. He was on the Browns. Yeah, see, exactly. I don't even remember. You remember Scott? The Scott Player had had the old helmet from like 1925. Yeah. With the yeah, one, Kentucky, um, yeah, the uh, yeah, I forgot that he was here. Yeah, you know that's so, weird. Yeah, so when you go back and and and, and look at the guys on the, on that roster, man, he's like, damn, I forgot about him, 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 that guy. You know? So, but, uh, um, overall, what, what do you uh, give? Go ahead. Yeah, what grade? Go ahead. What what grade? I'm gonna you say, what, what, what do you give as a draft grade? Uh, I actually give them a, a A. I'm gonna give him an A, simply because they ended up with two guys that actually 
to be honest, they got two guys that can start like tomorrow. You know what I mean? Uh, mm. And they weren't supposed to get these two guys. They weren't supposed to have it, both of them. They were supposed to end up with one. And they ended up with both, figured out a way to get both. And then just bolstered the rest of the roster out. Like, again, I, I do believe a lot of it is uh, putting guys on notice. I think a lot of it is just filling out the rest of the of the roster. We do know a lot of these guys aren't going to make the team, but hell, it, it may not end up being <laughs> some of the guys we just drafted. You know, they might actually uh, make the squad. And I think it's just going to make the team better. So, I, 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 and I think they did that. So, I'm, I'm giving them an A. Okay. Now, I hate giving our draft rates, but for the sake of um, our show, uh, I give the Browns an A just um, for the fact on how they draft, not for who they drafted, just right. the approach and how they did it. Whether these guys pan out or not, um, the approach was smart. Because you never know what you never know what can happen. At you never day. know, you know, because it's all, all of us are the crapshoot. So, but based on their approach to the draft, I'm gonna give the Browns an A. Um, actually, looking forward to the. You know, it's weird because now you don't know how the all season is going. Like some some teams are having rookie mini camps and stuff like that, and OTAs, and some aren't. Um, I guess with with J.C. Treader being the president of the uh, players union, I would assume that the Browns won't be having too many you know off-season activities but i'm looking for but normally this, this that's when it, it gets my blood flowing for football when you start having a little you know you don't get you don't get much out of it it's like okay you get to see you see them running around to the orange helmets out there um and i don't think we're gonna get that now some of it i think is ridiculous because it's like okay players are like well for safety reasons we don't want to have um you know, some of the off-season programs, but they're all, like, meeting up, like, in California and doing the same. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Like, what's, what's, what's the it. difference? You know, it's almost like, I don't want you to tell me how to work out, but I'm going to go work out on my own. Now, I'm not an NFL. I'm not a football player. I don't know. You know, I don't want to speak out of school, but to me, that seems like that makes a whole lot of sense. That's almost exactly what they're doing, though. Uh, the Browns just had a, a session like that. Uh, I put it up on Instagram where, you know, Juice, um, Baker, and Joku, uh, Rashard Higgins, all these guys were down in Florida running routes, throwing footballs, you know. And while I'm happy that these guys are trying to find chemistry and trying to work through it, yeah, what the hell is wrong with having a, a OTA in a week, in, in a month or so? a voluntary OTA where nobody shows up and, you know, and, and they're mad about it because I'll, you interrupted my vacation. Well, how the hell are you going on vacation and practice? Right. Exactly. Cool. And, and my thing is like, to me, that stuff, you know, get to meet your new teammates, you know, start getting that, that chemistry and that camaraderie going. Yeah, but, getting, out, getting to figure out the rooks and, and whatnot. And, and, and maybe that stuff is overblown, you know, but, We'll see how that plays out. The Indians just won. Um, Emmanuel Classe comes in with the save. I think Bieber gets the win again. Somehow, Terry Francona gets on my – I know I'm, I'm, I'm really going off topic here. Bro. Terry Francona gets on my damn nerves. Bro. And somehow, he gets these bums to compete every year. And I don't understand it. 
we uh, listen, we're going to talk about, we're going to get all in that because that's exactly, <laughs> that's been my point. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so we did the draft, the Browns draft uh, grades. Apparently we're, we're rather pleased with the Browns. Um, and it'll be interesting to see everybody show up, kid. I, I can't wait until you start to see where these guys are are panning panning out uh wide receiver wise uh running back wise we know the running back situation but i'm just naming parts of the team uh linebacker wise safety wise when delta gets back you know like what what are these guys going to look like on the field together you know will they mesh real well will it be a a gap of, but again that's another reason why some of the otas and 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 uh you know, the, the training camps are so important. So hopefully they, they figure all that stuff out and, and can get themselves together so that we can, I'm, I'm almost ready for football to start like next week, Doc. Right. I, I don't want the weather, but I am ready for football to start. Well, we already got the football weather now anyway. We, we damn sure got the football weather, don't we? It feels like October out here. I just, you know what I just said? I said it felt yesterday, what was it, yesterday, the day before I said, man, it was Mother's Day. I said, man, it feels like it's it's the second week of May, but it feels like it's the second week of November. Mm-hmm. Like it's just chilly for no reason. I had to put on my long johns, bro. <laughs> <laughs> That's hey, listen, right. that was some bull crap. I'm like, I'm in May. I had to stand outside because I was I was I was smoking, you know, going back and forth, smoking the uh, you know the meat or whatever. So I was like, man, I can't be just standing out here. It's too cold for that. Yeah, like this but like spring and fall like my favorite times of the year and we don't get a real spring anymore i miss those rainy days but that warm rain like that's good yeah. sleeping weather the thunderstorms and yeah all of that we don't get that we don't get any of that bro we don't get any of that anymore, Not anymore. but uh all right so i think uh i think we've given the browns a good feel you know Sean and I could go on for, forever about the Browns in uh, all kind of layers. And we can also go on and on about the same exact thing for hours. I think some of y'all have seen that. But let's, uh, let's switch gears a little bit and move uh, towards the NBA uh, a little bit. I, I want to touch on uh, a couple of things in the NBA. One of them uh, would be my Cleveland Cavaliers. It's a, it's, it's a lot going on. I had a lot of promising feelings about this team early in the season. And I even saw some things early in the season that made me feel like, okay, I thought I was right or I feel like I was right about this, that, and the other. But at some point from the All-Star game or slightly before the All-Star game, to where we are right now, a couple of weeks before the playoffs, or a week or so before the playoffs. This team is awful. And it's awful for a lot of different reasons. It's not just awful because the roster is not great. It's not just awful because the coaching staff isn't doing whatever they're supposed to do. It's not just awful because the front office. I think it's a combination of all of that shit. Like, 
It's players. Dude, this is like the Browns. This is like the old Browns where you start to hear stuff and it just trips you the hell out. Like, why? What the hell is happening over here? Do you, do you have any idea? I mean, I got my examples of things that I'm talking about in this moment. Everything is like falling off the rails. Like, the only thing that I've really been hearing, um, like, I guess nobody likes Colin Sexton on the team. Okay. Uh, that's, that's, that's the biggest thing that I've heard because um, he's a ball hog. Well, they say he's a ball hog, uh, which he can be, but I don't see him. There are times during the game where he does hold on to the ball a little bit long, tries to force it. Um, but nothing that I don't see going on from main scores on any other team. You know, it's not like egregious, like he's just purposely freezing people out or anything like that. Um, the thing with Anderson Frazier was completely ridiculous. Yeah, the most ridiculous thing. That might have been the most ridiculous thing that the Cavs have ever done outside of the Ron Harper for Danny Ferry trade. Bringing Andy back as a PR stunt at the end of the season was ridiculous. And I think that sends a horrible message to the team. Because when I um, I haven't really had a chance to watch too many of the games lately. But one thing when I when I do turn turn to them, they're already down to like thirty five. Yeah. Um, but I did see a clip when you know Verjao actually got into the game, and you know I guess they did a little tribute, and uh, you know fans gave him a standing ovation, and some of the younger players were looking like, what is going on? Like who was this guy? You know what I'm saying? He's, it's, it's not like you brought you brought back LeBron or, you know, somebody right. like that. And I know Andy was a fan favorite, but Andy ain't played, was it four, four or five years? It's been, yeah, it's been like three, three, four years. You know, so I don't know. I Like, like you said, early in the season, I saw some good things. I saw some very positive things. And I don't know, like, it's because the injuries just started mounting up. The injury situation with the Cavaliers is crazy. Um. The fact that they've won 21 games says a lot, I think, about the coaching staff, you know, in, in a positive sense, um, you know, early on in the season, that they were able to, you know, just to remain competitive. I mean, they have devastating injuries. They got Cavs got guys running out there, that, again, that I've never heard of before. And every week, it's a new guy out there that I've never heard of that they find from from somewhere uh, to, to fill out that roster, so. What are the things, well, you know, have you been hearing uh, well, about the uh, Hey, like you said, the, the Anderson Verzal thing is, uh, and, I, and this is nowhere near PC, it's completely retarded. Um, I, I do believe that it was orchestrated by Dan Gilbert. So I think it was about putting butts in seats. I think it would give fans an opportunity to come out to the stadium a little bit more because everybody loves Andy. And you know, you know how I you know how I feel about mediocre uh players. Cleveland, Cleveland again in our in our love for our mediocre players. So, you know, Anderson Rezal is one of the more basic uh ball players in in history of life. And <laughs> the Cavs the Cavs fans love him. Um, he's like one of the biggest floppers. He's like one of the I, I, It's not that I didn't like Andy. 
I, I didn't. I just knew what Andy was. I I never over loved him or anything. I knew what Andy right. was. And a lot of people think I'm a jerk, but I I was the same way with uh, uh, what's the little bastard that uh came from Australia that we had Delhi. Uh, same thing with Delhi. Listen, I know he's a little scrappy uh, ball player, and every, you know, we're from Cleveland, and people love tough stuff here, blah, 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 Midwest tough, blah, blah. If Matthew Delavadova was playing at the YMCA the same way he was playing in the NBA, he would be beat up every week. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because ain't nobody tolerating, like, dude, we playing a pickup game. Chill out. And you can see some of the guys in the league feel the exact same way about him and about Andy. And they're they're not the only two mediocre, ridiculously energetic, uh, flopping, jumping, falling dude that's on teams. They're all across the NBA. However, these are our flopping, falling, mediocre guys. Uh, so, so for the Browns, I'm mean, excuse me for the Cavs to bring them, bring him back, like on some farewell. Farewell? What you talking about? Farewell? He was already gone, right? Like he hadn't been in the league. It'd be different if he was playing on a team, got bought out, and the and the Cavs said, "Hey, you're gonna retire? Well, why don't we bring you back, man, and you just retire as a Cav, or we bring you back for the for the last half of the season as a farewell thing." This dude ain't played no basketball in a while. So what does that mean to me? I agree with Sean. It, it says there's some level of dysfunction within the front office. And there's an absolute disconnect with the youth or the younger portions of the team. But that's been the case since they drafted all these young dudes. There's a complete and total disconnect from the front office to the, the youth Guys, the 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 Sextons, uh, the Kevin Porter's, even though he's not on the team. Um, uh, what's his name? Mace Window. Him. All of these guys are. It's just like this disconnect. And then the older guys that we've had on the team, the Kevin Loves. Um, we did have Delhi, but I don't know what role Delhi was playing in terms of like trying to. You know, uh, uh, what do they call it? Mentor guys. They, they, they have to. They have to get Kevin Love off this team. Uh, oh, I, I ain't they, got into they, they him. Have to. I ain't got into him yet, but I'm coming. Uh, you know, guys like Tristan. When Tristan was here last year, what did they give and what did they tell the young guy? Was there mentoring? It doesn't seem like it to me. It doesn't seem like. It just seems like the front office and the, and the veterans have a different idea and a different opinion than the youth of the team, which is not uncommon. But it doesn't seem to be a camaraderie or a teamwork to try no, to make not. it mess. And I think J.B. Bickerstaff has just been put in a bad spot. I don't think he's a bad coach. I think that he has a, a, a terrible roster. And then the team has... Uh, uh, Andre Drummond to not play for like a month and a half. Yeah, right. Then you end up buying him out anyway. Like, what is it's it's like a complete and total mess based on where we started when we gave our 
uh, thoughts about where the Cavs could end up or how the so season it, could play it, out. It all started going south when they cut uh, Kevin Porter Jr. Well, that was something that probably needed to happen. But when that happened, it I don't I don't know that it aided the team. Like what did what did we get? They knew he was crazy. Look, they knew he was crazy when they drafted yeah, him. So, we, so so he does something. So you gonna cut him when he well, does I something crazy, or are you gonna try to to, to the nurture the kid? I've heard that that ain't nowhere near the first crazy thing that this dude has done. I'm sure it was. And I'll say this: if they decided after one crazy occurrence. How egregious was that one crazy occurrence? I mean, he's down in Houston doing crazy stuff. He's still doing crazy stuff. Like, I kept <laughs> yeah, trying to tell people, people like, people like, oh, he scored 50. I think the Cavs gave up on it too early. I said, when did he score 50 before this? When have you mentioned this dude before this? Stop it. Stop with the we gave up on him too early. It's late in the season. He had a 50-point game. Listen, it's impressive to score 50 points in the NBA. I don't care who you are. I'm not going to say we gave up too early on him until he does it multiple times or shows me more. I feel like if the Cavs got rid of this dude, and I know that there's some dysfunction within that front office, if the Cavs decided we don't want this dude back, we just don't want him back at all. Don't even bring your stuff in here. J.B. Bitter's staff ain't said nothing opposite of that. So whatever this dude did, he deserved to be the hell off that team. And I don't care what nobody say. I don't care. Listen, and it ain't a lot of people in circles in the NBA that spoke like, oh, I think the Cavs are doing the wrong thing. There's not many people who've said that. Only people saying that's that. True. That's true. So I think that we just don't know exactly, and the Cavs ain't letting it out. Oh, I haven't heard anything, and I kind of got my, my ear to the ground because I know some folks in places. So I may, I may try to dig a little bit more it was too early to ask before and nobody was going to tell me <laughs> nobody was going to mention it so i had to i i gotta wait but i might get some juice on that but there's that situation with kevin porter there was uh the stupid situation with andy and then there's kevin love I, i've almost never seen the the level of i don't give a shit that I saw from, from him, uh, the other day. What was that, about two weeks ago? Where right. this team just, listen, this is the, people will say, and I, I got into it with people online about this. People were saying, oh, well, I mean, he's just sick of this team. They they stink and blah, 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 such and such. He knew this team stunk when he signed $31 million contract. He knew that. This ain't, he didn't just wake up today like, oh, I thought this team was going to be this. Right. No, no you knew this team was going to stink. You knew it. You knew it last year that this team was going to stink. So take that excuse out of here. The second thing is you're a professional. These dudes pay you $31 million a year. You've been in the league for 11 years, something like that, 10 years. Probably a little bit more than that. Some some ri ridiculous number of years for you to be acting like a big ass baby. Thirdly, and this is actually should have been first because I think this is more important. The Cavs were not out of that game. They were it only down, down four. six or four, rather. It was four, something like that. 
down seven after the damn three-pointer. They were only down four late in the fourth quarter. And if he was mad, he should have been mad at himself because he's the one who didn't rotate on that damn layup. He didn't rotate on defense on that layup. He got beat. And out of your frustration, you just bat the ball back in bounds. Don't like say, oh, shit, I messed up. Nope, I'm just going to keep walking along the baseline and let these dudes shoot a three-pointer. And now we don't have a chance of winning this game. That is freaking egregious. Yeah, they gotta find. Could, I, don't, I don't know how they how they how they're gonna do it, but he cannot be back here next year. He's gonna be even grumpier and more of a monster. They should have fined him or suspended him. The team should have for that crap. I don't care about your apology. Now Not the that, only the, the that, only reprieve we might have, but man, no, he's been. He's been putting up like semi-decent numbers when he's been playing. Maybe we can get somebody to, to take him in the trade at some point. Cause he's still got two years left on that deal, man. Yeah. yeah. Um, Nobody is listen, his numbers ain't been good enough for $31 million. No. You got to find a team that's willing to pay. If I'm the Cavs, I would <laughs> I would love for somebody to take all of it. I you ain't gonna find nobody who's gonna take all of it. Maybe you can but work. Out have, you know, it got to be some way where we can take on a part of his salary. But they're gonna have to. They're gonna have to. God's got to get him out of here. And listen, here's the crazier part: it ain't like you was getting no, uh, no free agents that was gonna come here for whatever money we got available anyway. So, get rid of him, pay his little portion off, and be a middle of the road team. But. I think that I think that he's killing more of the morale than anybody on the team. Mm-hmm. But it, it's not a good look that he gets to do something that dumb, and you don't do anything to him. JB Biggerstaff got to do something. If y'all are gonna get rid of Kevin Porter Jr. for whatever he did, y'all got to say something to this. And this shit was out loud. This ain't behind closed doors. Right. This was with cameras rolling, with people watching. You know what I mean? It's like if if, if you in a in an abusive relationship, and you and your your wife or your partner, however you want to look at it, are fighting at home. You might not say nothing about it, but man, if you punch me in the face at the club, that changes everything because everybody saw this now. Everybody saw this. I got to say something. I got to do something. And they didn't do anything. So the level of dysfunction that exists on every layer from Dan Gilbert. I know Dan is, is not uh, at his healthiest anymore. Uh, but whoever is his proxy down through the general managers and the presidents. And at this point, I think all them cats just collect the checks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just don't, I don't see where even in their draft picks, I don't see where we're. And you, and you can tell that the team is going through the motions now. Because even as bad yeah. as the Cavs were or have been, they weren't getting blown out by 30, 35. Not every yeah, night. These, these dudes down by 35 by halftime. Yeah. Anymore. Anymore. You know. Yeah. So you Fair can tell much. they quit on the season. So, um, yeah, like I said, I was really, really you know, in a positive state about them early in the season, but now going into the next season, um, unless they make some drastic changes, 
um, you know, attitude-wise mainly, um, they're, they're, this is not going in good for JB or anybody else on that team. And they got to find a way to get Kevin Love um, off this basketball team. Now, with that being said, we can talk about, you know, you want to talk about Kevin Love's former teammate at UCLA, what uh, Russell Westbrook and the uh, triple-double tear that he's been on. Listen, man, first of all, a lot of people have been giving Russ a pretty raw deal, if you ask me, uh, from his time in, in Houston, uh, some of some of his time in Oklahoma City, especially the, maybe the last year or so, him not producing in the playoffs, him not being able to hit shots late in games, whatever, whatever. I remember earlier this season uh, when he went to uh, Washington, people were saying stuff well, online mostly. Uh, people were saying stuff like uh, they just traded uh, <laughs> they just traded John Wall for John Wall. <laughs> you know, dumb, dumb stuff like that. And I'm like, no, Russ is better than John Wall, you know. And I love John Wall, by the way. But Russ is a, is a better ball player than John Wall. The thing is, Russ has never had, uh, well, since KD left, he's never had another guy on his squad that was a facilitator as well as a, 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 a absolute baller. When he went to Houston, while uh, Harden is and can be a facilitator. He isn't like making games. He isn't like in spots and games that where Harden, or excuse me, where uh, Westbrook needs to rock. Westbrook is a ball dominant person because he's not really a shooter. So he has mm -hmm. to, he, he creates most of his stuff off of his movement with the ball. So if he don't get the ball and you kick it over to him with, you know, four seconds on the clock, he's probably going to end up with a bad shot. And that wasn't happening on every possession, but that's what starts happening. And he gets out of a rhythm and he gets into his own head. And if you go back and look at the beginning of the season, he was doing a lot of that even in D.C. Fast forward the last maybe 10 games or so. Man, this dude is playing. His numbers are absolutely ridiculous. Not just because he's getting triple-double after triple-double. Not just because he's getting triple-double after triple-double after triple-double. Some of it is because of some of the numbers that this dude had 21 points and 24 assists. Mm -hmm. 21 boards and 21 and 24 assists. That's only two people have done that kind of a triple-double before. Will Chamberlain. This dude has done it twice, though. This cat is special, man. I don't know how far they're going to go in the playoffs. I don't know if, if Russ has turned the corner. I love Bradley Bill. I think Bradley Bill uh, being healthy and feeling like he has a reliable teammate. I think him and him and uh, John Wall just didn't get along. They didn't. That's uh, almost that they didn't get along. So, yeah, I think that was where their issues were. It was more personal than it was business. Uh, I think I think uh, J-Dub took a couple shots at Brad when he was hurt or 
whatever. And that, I think that soured everything from that point. Uh huh. Huh? Oh, hold on. No, go ahead. You're all right. Go ahead. Oh, no, I thought you was talking to me. But yeah, I think I think he had something to say a couple of times when Bradley, remember when Bradley first came in the league, he was hurt. He, he almost <laughs> had a season ending injury almost every other year or every year he was always hurt. Right. But I said, I, you know, what I said years ago, I was wondering when they were going to break that, that duo up. So they did, and they kind of did bring in another guy who was going to be ball dominant. But I think they get along, and I think Bradley is a more mature person than he was uh, during his time with uh, with John Ball. So I just wanted to mention Russ because everybody went on this tear about Steph, and Steph was balling. He was shooting every damn thing in the building from every seat in the building, <laughs> you know, right. from out of bounds, from the locker room. Uh, from the Raptors, this dude was just, you know, uh, busting down shots. But you can't, you can't, you know, blow up one dude. You got to blow up this cat too, man. Russ has been balling out of control. Uh, what's today, the tenth? Yeah, uh, the the eleventh. I'm sorry. Uh, this dude has been balling out of control, dog. Like I'm looking at his the stat the stat lines. And we're talking about a couple of these games when he had, like when he had the 21, hold on a second. When he had the 21 assists, where was that against the Hawks? Oops, hold on a second. Bear with me. Today, my crack staff is just me. And apparently, <laughs> and apparently I'm on crack right now. Because I'm trying to figure this Oh, I know what to do. Oh, I thought I did. Yeah, go to that. Lord have mercy. Here we go. All right, my bad, people. My bad. Oh, that was the night that, that's stupid. Brad had 50 points. And this dude had 33, 15, and 19. Oh, wow. And they won by one point. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I can't name anybody else on that team. They, they, don't, really have, they don't really have a, a great team, but they don't have a, a – like, you know, they got Robin Lopez, who I think is probably the, the least of the two Lopez's. Right. Uh, Ish, Ish Smith. Okay. David Bertans. Alex, Alex Land, <clears throat> uh, Re Hachimura, they ain't awful. Like yeah, the team ain't, right. the team ain't awful. But you know that means, uh, let's be let's be frank. Uh, that means that those guys are gonna have to get uh, those numbers because who who, yeah. who else are they gonna get those from? Yeah, Hachimura is okay. When I've seen him play, he does. He's, Inconsistent, but he can score a little bit. Um, the thing that I've always taken away from Russell's game, um, I don't always like his style. Sometimes a little bit out of control. But the one thing I always said about Russell is that he doesn't cheat the game. You know, he's no, gonna go in ten miles an hour every game. A lot of these guys take nights off. They don't play hard. Um, that's one of my beats with the NBA season this year. 
Um, I guess, you know, with the funky schedule again, coming off the COVID protocols, you can tell guys are kind of just like going half speed, you know, waiting to get to the playoffs. Uh, Russell Westbrook is not one of those guys. Russell Westbrook is going to give you 185% every single game. I think that should be celebrated and appreciated. You know? I mean, even like you say, even when he plays poorly, he's he is running hard. He's, he's diving for balls. He does play defense. People don't think he does. I mean, he ain't great at it, but he does get back on D. I mean, this is – he's a ball player, and you can tell – his heart is always in the game. And I, you know, I just wanted to give him a shout out because I don't know that he gets, it's just, it's just dude, he's a former MVP. I, I just think that dude, and, and he's doing a heck of a lot over there in, in DC. I mean, they're not, I think they're, they're under they, five. They would be in the playoffs. They would, they would be in the playing game right now. I think if the season yeah. ended. Um, and they weren't early. I mean, I think I think at one point they might have been below the Cavaliers. Um, yeah, they, they just kind of went. They got hot. They got hot a little bit before the uh, All Star break, and definitely afterwards. So uh, they're they're right now in the tenth spot, which is that last play in. So uh, they could actually get in. I tell you what, it's some teams that probably don't want to see them cats and no play in. Matter of fact, they will get that last spot because they're they're up three games on two and a half on Chicago, and it's only what four games left. Yeah, like that. Yeah, so they, they'll get that last spot. Um, and get in. How does the playing system work? But those guys. So the nine and ten teams play and seven eight C play. Yeah, I, think, I think it's seven eight nine ten play, and then. Like the winner of seven eight will play the Suns. They just and play then, one game, huh? They just play one game. Uh, yeah. You remember last year? Uh, and, and I, it may be kind of a blur because I know last year was just different altogether. Right. But uh, the the the, <laughs> uh, the Blazers played. Uh, who the heck did they play in that play? Like game? I think they played Memphis or somebody like that. Yeah, they did. It was Memphis. No, it was Brooklyn. It was Brooklyn, and it was no. That was Brooklyn, and uh, that was on the east side. That was Brooklyn and somebody else, but it it may have been Memphis that they played. That Brooklyn series was was great. That playing game was great too. That's why it stuck in my head. But uh, whoever would win between say the Warriors and the Grizzlies would play uh, the Jazz. So it's almost like the the, the series or the uh, the playoffs in baseball where they got to play in. I don't, right. I, I, I don't dislike that, but I don't like it in baseball. The play-in game. I don't like the baseball at all. Yeah. It doesn't. One I don't game totally is indicative of who's the I haven't. I haven't. I think it's necessary when you do have a tie at the end of the season, but I don't think it's necessary every single year not in baseball, because I'll be honest with you, most of those damn playing games, there's always some cheaty situations going on. There's <laughs> right. always something where I'm like, that dude wasn't out, or he wasn't safe. You know, it's always something. It's always something. And I always say, you're going to lose that playing game if you don't play it like it's a game set from the start. If you're playing, if you're right. playing that playing game like, oh, well, I'm trying to save my pitchers 
for the playoffs. <laughs> you know, the playoff game you might right. not get to. <laughs> right. You're going to lose, man. But, uh, yeah, I just wanted to shout out uh, Russ real quick on his uh, triple-double barrage. He actually just passed uh, Oscar Robinson for the most career triple-doubles. So that's ridiculous all by itself because nobody even thought that was an attainable uh, record. Yeah, we especially are. from from uh, a scorer like uh, Westbrook. He wasn't known as a passing point guard. He was known as a scorer. And, and, I, uh, and I think you're right. You're right. Right. He came in the league as a scorer. You, know, you would have thought of this might like Jason Kidd or uh, even LeBron. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, I, I would probably – Just, just guy, Jags, just a guy. Just full of players. And this freaking Terry Francona guy manages to have them uh, six games, five games above 500 for no reason. Now, it's early in the year, and I know it doesn't mean crap in this particular moment. But where we are right now, I'll guarantee nobody but Terry Frank would have thought we'd be 19 to 14. Right. And only a half game out of first place, especially not being able to hit the way that they can't hit consistently. These dudes couldn't hit the freaking Titanic with the iceberg, man. But when they do it, they get the flukiest. And most mashiest home runs. They get the flukiest hits and the mashiest home runs you've ever seen. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's so it's so bipolar. It's completely and totally opposite. These dudes will score eight runs tonight 
with 12 on 12 hits and then won't get more than one run for three games. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. I, it's, it's freaking mind blowing. How and the thing about this, that they've been no hit twice already this season. Already they've been hit. No ain't, hit even, twice. ain't even June. And ain't been no hit twice. And no hit twice, man. We are, we are literally in the second week of May. The season started three weeks ago. <laughs> and you've been no hit twice? Come on, man. I don't understand how the Mets fired their uh, hitting coach the other day. And the whole Indians are batting less than what uh, 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 what you call this, uh, than Frankie is, is batting. And right. they ain't fired nobody. Told you, we have the same hitting coach for seven years. That's what Still I'm saying. Here. And listen, Frankie, up. and the thing about up, Mets, Frankie always starts off the season so He never starts off the season uh, getting hits. He always starts slow. So you fire this dude based on uh, you giving this dude all his money. <laughs> and he didn't jump out the gate. Hitting, right. Uh, hitting 300. That wasn't going to happen anyway. That ain't really how Frank And is. the thing, And the thing is, too, the Mets are in first place. Barely in first place, but, they, but I mean, you know. But so I fire your guy, you know. Keep him around. Maybe he'll figure it out. Or maybe the rest of the team will figure it out. Right. But the thing is, what happened in what happened in thirty-five games uh, that made you say, "Oh no, this guy got to go now." I don't know. Well, you know, they got a new owner. They got a new owner that's uh, trying to shake up some stuff. You know, throwing around a lot of money. It is a panic move, or maybe a move to get the rest of the team on notice. Saying, hey, this this ain't acceptable. You know, one of those kind of jerk reactions type things. Well, that, but well, that would be dope. That would be dope if we had an owner like that and he would decide that he was gonna fire this dumbass hitting coach who can't get guys to hit above. They don't you know this, they don't even mention that dude by name during a broadcast or anything. Like I had to I had to Google him to figure out who it was. Now they talk about, you know, the Indians pitching coach and staff and all of that, but you don't hear anything and about this. Talk about him because that's the best part of the team. Right. But you don't hear anything about this hitting coach. Now, before the season started, I said, well, the Indians having such a young team, I said, either they're going to be, you know, absolutely horrible. Yeah. Or they're going to be a young, you know, team that's going to be inconsistent and give you some some thrills here and there. And so far, it seems like it's the latter. I don't know how Francona does it. Running these these no name like Jake Bauer stinks. He keeps running him out out, out there every night. Um, they bring up some kid Harold Ramirez out of nowhere. He comes up on absolute fire. Um, it's just weird, man. It's, it's they're, they're inconsistent as hell. Even the pitching has been inconsistent, except for the bullpen. The bullpen has been great, you know. But Plesac yeah. got lit up for like three, three straight games. Um, yeah. Bieber ain't on. He's not really on his A game and you know his ERA is still like under two or something like that but still but you can tell he's been you know kind of shaky here and there yeah, you know, um, ever since that Yankees uh, game ever since the, the series against the Yankees yeah. he's been kind of 
he's been kind of off. We don't have a fourth starter. That changes like every rotation. Um, uh, what's his name? Savali's been great. Uh, yeah. Who else is in that rotation? Savali. Um, I expected Savali to be great, though. Lusak has been up and down. Bieber is Bieber. Tristan McKenzie, when he pitches, he, he does okay. Matter of fact, I think they should give him a little bit more um, of an opportunity. Um, but other than that, man, I'm like, they're running out these guys. Please please, was that? Please, please. He's been a two game stretch where he struggled. On the last game, he, he didn't give up any runs, I think, against uh, Cincinnati. Like he won like eight innings, didn't give up a run or something like that. The game got no hit, something like that. That's a tough but, game. I mean, as a pitcher, yeah. But it's it's just it's, it's mind-boggling to me. Frank Conan gets on my nerves. I actually cough for his head on on a couple of occasions. Bro, you have coughed for this man's head for the last two years, if I recall correctly. Yes, I before, have. Before we started the show. <laughs> and every day since we started the show, you have called for this dude's head. And he's got me interested in the Indians. Like, I go out of my way to watch them right now. Normally, this time of the year, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a baseball fan, but there's so many games. You're not going to sit there and watch every, you know, every game every night. But because the, these guys are so young and intriguing, I'm invested because I don't know how they're doing it. I, I have no idea how they're winning these these baseball games. I'm I'm less I'm only not invested because of my whole entire approach to baseball in general. It's too early. So and because it's such a long season, I just don't get totally invested until close to, as we as we approach so like maybe late uh, June-ish. Okay. Uh, a little bit prior to the All-Star game and then definitely after the All-Star game. Now we talk because, you know, we've seen does it, and it happens generally every year. It's like one team that starts out like complete crap. And, you know, they hit a stride, whether they make the playoffs or not, whether they win the division or not. It's kind of neither here nor there, but they all it's always this team that just makes say like a, a 20 game swing from uh pre all-star to post all-star. They're they're like totally different uh players, totally different management. They're always in every game, you know what I mean? Like it's or you get teams that start out very, very hot and then they plummet to earth and never recapture whatever they had because it's 162 games we're talking about during the hottest times of the year in some of the hottest cities on earth you know you're playing a game in in in, in arlington you're playing a game in freaking la in july and august man it's hot as hell you play a game in cleveland in august it's hot as hell in july right. it's hot as hell it's humid as hell chicago detroit uh Minnesota's outside now. You know what I mean? Like, these are some hot, humid Milwaukee. These are some hot, humid places. Atlanta. You Baseball is just a, is a long, drawn-out, uh, sap-you-of-your-energy-fest. 
which is why I don't get totally, totally, totally invested until after the All-Star game when you start to see the real teams kind of separate themselves from, from the pack. Uh, or if you get those real close uh, races that you know are going to kind of go all the way down uh, to the wire. So I, I haven't – I've watched some games this year, but I haven't gotten totally – Right. And, and really, if, if you, if you want to put it in perspective, if you get pregnant at the beginning of baseball season, your baby is almost born by the time the season's over. <laughs> you got like a month and a half or two months left before your due date. And, and I'm not exaggerating. That's, that's no, you're not. Look, that's the crazy part. You're not. <laughs> if you get if you get pregnant in March, listen, you 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 almost ready to have that baby in October. Yeah, because the season really now don't end until the almost November because all the extra yeah. playoffs, really like the first week in November is when the yeah. World Series ends. If it goes seven. Yeah. You know? That didn't used to be that way. It used to be, you know, uh, early October. Of, early part of October. That was... Yeah, but, but think about this. Think about for all the baseball's history, the whole time up until 1994, the only way you could get in the playoffs is you had to win your division. Remember, it was only four mm-hmm. at the yep. time. You had you had the American League East and West, the National yep. League East and West. And yep. that's it. You had to win. You know how yep. hard that was? Yep, that was tough. And it, and it wasn't until 94, the strike year, is when they added that, the wild card. And they kind of yep. expanded on it from, from there. I mean, I, I like the wild card. Um I like but, it too. Like I hate the playing game, but I think the wild card uh, definitely was necessary. But it adds yeah. more excitement to uh, you know to, to the game because baseball is really struggling from a marketing perspective. How they're able to generate as much money as they do um, and still pay the players the exorbitant salaries they do, and the majority of the country does not care about baseball at all. That still kind of amazes me. I guess baseball is more regional now. Um, like you care about your team and that's pretty much it. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, but for them not to like, they don't, you know, you ask the average person on the street, like who Mike Trout is, they don't know. But back in the day, you knew who, whether you were a baseball fan or not, you knew who Reggie Jackson was. You knew who Barry Bonds was. You knew who Pete Rose was because the guys were marketed a little bit differently. Hell, you know, I mean, and we're, we're kind of anomalies though. I was gonna say, hell, we knew who Paul Molitor was. You know, we knew who uh, you know, Ozzy Smith was like we knew yeah. these guys. We we knew who Travis Fryman was. None of those guys were super uh uh marketed, but we watched baseball. We knew who all of these guys were, we knew who the really good uh uh players were uh at all almost at all times on, on every team. We just knew we were like sports nerds. So we always had that information in us, but A, it's easier to market the team now or to, to market the game now. And they don't do a good job. Of it. Like I no, still- Right don't... now, right now, for Fernando Tatis should be on every- Man, commercial. every single solitaire. And listen, he is so marketable. Right. Every time I see the dude anywhere, I said, man, I'm looking at the dude. He's a good-looking kid. The dude can ball. He's he's like so charismatic. I, how don't you 
jump all over that. How don't you? I'll be, I'll go further. I'll go a step further. I know you hate it when I bring up Derek Jeter, but I'm going to bring up Derek Jeter for a purpose, for a real purpose, okay. other than getting on your nerve. You got it. Major League Baseball did not promote or market Derek Jeter. The New York Yankees did. Baseball, tell me a baseball, a baseball commercial, a Major League Baseball commercial that you can remember about Derek Jeter. Right. Ain't one. However, in New York, I remember being, uh, we stayed in New Jersey. We were going to the Yankees game the next day. I was in New Jersey and I saw Derek Jeter uh, posters, but it was, a, it was, saw the, the Yankees logo on the bottom. It didn't say Major League Baseball, it said Yankees. There was a commercial about, uh, you know, the Yankees. Guess who was in it? Derek Jeter. He was going into, what's the name of that store? The Wayne Reed store or something like that. Okay. That, that's the Yankees doing that. That wasn't, that wasn't, or that's him doing it for uh, Dwayne Reed, but he's doing it as a member of the Yankees. He's not doing it as a member of Major League Baseball. And Dwayne Reed is a regional drugstore. Every they're they're not everywhere. It's like it's like Rite Aid, it's like Drug Mart. Those aren't everywhere. So if 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 LeBron does a, a Drug Mart commercial when he played with the Cavs, only people seeing that is us. So baseball had one of its bigger stars or one of its brightest faces or one of its more recognizable faces and one of its more recognizable names that they don't do anything with. They don't do nothing <laughs> with. Them. And no, one thing sense. I didn't know is like I didn't know that league sports leagues will arrange appearances for certain players to go on the yeah. Tonight Show and stuff yeah. like that, man. And that's like you put him on one of those late night shows and put his highlight package up there and stuff like that. You'll get people say, "Hey, I want to go see this kid," you know, when he comes in town. And and think about that. You in New York, so you know Derek Jeter done been on Letterman. He done been on right. uh, the Tonight, okay. I mean, right. tonight Show, uh, 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 every, you know, uh, all of the damn New York stuff he's been on. Every last one of them he's been on, multiple times. So that's the team pushing that, not the Major League Baseball. And that is ridiculous when, but do they, now here's another question. I don't know this for sure. Do they have like profit sharing in Major League Baseball, like in terms of of, uh, of revenue, like team revenues, and, and they uh, do as far as I think some of the TV stuff, just the TV stuff. But but then but some some of the national team, but the, but each team had its own individual TV package. It ain't like the yeah, NFL, yeah. Like, like the NFL, like NFL is just all one TV package. Y'all get a piece of it. So I think in, I think in Major League Baseball, you have the national package, and they get a piece of. But each team is allowed to sign their own individual yeah. TV deal. That's why the Yankees and the Dodgers and the Cubs are able to um, have such high payrolls because their TV contracts, because you, I guess, I would assume because you're reaching a larger audience, more advertising revenue and stuff like that, they have a bigger package than, let's say, the Indians. Now, uh, what I didn't know um, that the Indians, as far as local ratings, are like top five in majors. Yeah. 
something like that. We just don't go to the games. Listen, but we'll we'll but we'll watch but we'll watch them on television. We'll turn a baseball game on, and you might not even be watching. You'll you'll just turn it on, yeah. And then you'll go wash the dishes or you know finish cooking dinner, and you'll pop in just to check and see what the score is, whatever, whatever. Especially at this point in the season where, right. It's not that big of a deal if it's a game. Now, of course, the playoffs is different. You also got to think bars are opening up more now with with COVID kind of, I won't say taking the backseat, but with COVID kind of rolling back a little bit. Um, And when I went to the, I went, I've been to a couple bars here recently. And when I go in, the game is on. The Indians game is on. So you got that. Plus, so it's playing in every bar. It's playing in most people's homes. Yeah, because ain't nothing else happening in Cleveland right around this time in terms of stuff to watch. The only thing that probably gets watched more than the Indians at this point in the season is the news, like locally anyway. Yeah, you can't help it. Like when it, when it, when it's eighteen broadcasts on the day, they <laughs> watch a little minutes. Yeah, when do, when do they put shows on? <laughs> I'm about to be on a ranch, man. They, they keep adding shows. They keep adding slots. Like, no, like uh, uh, what's Channel 4, 19? Yeah. That's what they did. Like, they, they've added a 3 o'clock spot, man. So the news is on. Like, so, so when the stories and all that goes now, on from 3 until listen. 7. Now, remember, all remember, remember a couple years ago when 19 – was also 40, channel 43. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you would go from channel uh, 43, who would have the six and seven o'clock news broadcast. And then you get like a two hour gap and you turn to 19, they got to 10 o'clock and the 11 o'clock. I'm like, listen, man. And it's the same people. So it just felt like. <laughs> It felt like, I'm like, listen, man, I'm so sick of seeing these people on TV, but it's the same thing with with Fox 8. Listen, it seemed like Fox 8 News is on 24 hours a day. Exactly. I know it's not, but it feels like it is because they they start at 5 o'clock in the morning. From 5 to about what? About 10? From 5 to about 3 in the afternoon. It's it's always freaking Fox Eight News. The only reason that Channel Five News go off because of the stories. If the soap operas didn't come on, that shit wouldn't go off. Right. They they stay on all day too, but they you know theirs theirs gets trumped by uh, ABC News locally gets trumped by uh, Good Morning America and The View, so they don't have right. a choice but to go off. They got to go off. If they, you know, if it wasn't for that, they'd be on all damn day long. Because as soon as the stories go off, the news come on. Man, I was scrolling through my cable the other day, and it's news channels on now that I never knew existed. They got something called Cheddar News. Yep. Uh, newsy. Yep. Newsy. Uh, I don't even know what Newsy is. I don't even watch it. But I don't yeah, know what it is. It's all type o- OAN, something like that, which is some type of right wing. Uh, not, not see news <laughs> broadcast. It was all it was all type of stuff, man. It, it, it's it's a Chinese uh news. Yep. I was like, God, Lee, it's all types yep. of stuff on there. 
You can't get away from it, bro. It's, now, sometimes uh, I'll watch those because you'll get some international news. Because our news, we don't really don't do any, anything watch, international unless BBC it's some type news. of... Huh? I watch BBC news. Uh, yeah. Because I feel like the BBC... Even though I think it's because they're bigger now, they're one of the biggest ones in the world. I, I know that they're a little bit infiltrated by BS. But yeah, they are. Get some, like you say, some international stuff as it happens. I feel like we don't get it all the time as it happens. I think we get nah. it. And I, I used to watch Al Jazeera English, and they quickly took that off the air. Man, that, that I ain't waste no time. After about two weeks. Right. Yep. I, I remember watching one of those because I watched that because they're going to say some stuff on there. Look, for the first time ever, you can actually hear someone speaking Muslim uh, in their actual voice. <laughs> you ain't getting a, a muted. You don't really know what they lips is doing, but you just go on over what he's saying and right. fill in the voice to, to, to get these people what I want them to hear. But anyway, I don't want to get over Right. <laughs> <laughs> next five hours. Uh, so yeah, you know what? The Indians are once again being led by uh, Gandalf the White, freaking Terry Francona. This dude is just a wizard, and he just manages to get this team to win for no reason. Uh, Guys that we don't think should be in the, in the major leagues come up here and get two or three hits from, from Terry Francona. Uh, I don't listen. Jordan Lovelow, I, I love this dude. Most days, he'll he, he'll get two home runs today, but then he ain't gonna get a hit for the next week because he don't play. He, he, you know what? He only plays when um, they go get a left-handed pitcher. Well, I'm gonna say when they when they got a lefty, but when he yeah. gets listen, but that's the killer part. When he gets in, he usually does well. But then, I don't hear nothing from him. I, listen, you have to work on your hitting, bro. You have to, to stay in the lineup. I just told my friend this. His, his son, uh, his, he has twin boys. And they were just running around playing, throwing stuff. And somebody said on Facebook, hey, is your kid a lefty? And he says, I don't know yet because they're, they're only like two or three. I say, hey, listen, make him a lefty. Teach him to pitch lefty. Teach him to hit lefty. Maybe it's going to be a right-handed. That, that's nothing but a plus. Because he's going to learn it right-handed as well. That's his combination. He was like, why so? I said, because left-handed pitches are a commodity. God forbid he's any good. He was yeah. like, wow, I didn't know that. I said, yeah, so a switch hit. If you're a switch hitter, you ain't got to come off the lineup. Yep. Especially if you hit effectively. Just all you gotta do is hit effectively, which is something that the Indians don't understand in terms of adding that value to their team. You don't have anybody who hits effectively on the squad. I know uh, uh, I'm about to call him Man Ram. Uh, J Ram gets super hot at certain times, and he's the best player that we have. I get that part, but outside of that, we don't have anybody consistent to even place around him. To make him no, the price huh? It's not. Nobody's even sniffing three hundred. No. Now I know that they don't emphasize batting average anymore in baseball. They don't emphasize batting average or RBIs anymore. Um, 
But at least you got to have a guy at least close to a 290, 280. Listen, and bro. all the Indians was batting 225. Some dude was batting 188. Like, you, my God. And see, I'm okay with 188 uh, the first two weeks of the season because it just means that you, you know, you're a little cold. We're, we're four months or so in the season and you had 188, dog. Come on, man. Like, again, you're doing a job that I can't do and I, I right. definitely can't do it on a professional level. So I'm not sitting here saying. But like, evidently that. though. But what I that. can say is that 188, I might be able to do that. Right. I might now, be able to think up the place as I get up to bat. Now they're saying though that hitting is just down all over the league this year for whatever reason. Well, you've had how many no hitters already this season? Something like seven. Uh, six. Six. Is it seven? Yeah. Is it seven? It might be like six. I, I, I know it's, I, it's I a lot. It was six. I thought I it was six. it's a lot for this time. Really it's way six. too much. It's way too much for it to be uh, again a month and a half into the season. And six two is a lot for a whole season. season. For a whole season, so normally you get like one or two all for a season. And you got six you got already six. this season and two for one team. Again, that's retarded. That's crazy. Sorry, sorry for my friends and the mental health um, community. <laughs> it's too late. It's too late. But uh, <laughs> it's too late. <laughs> <laughs> He said it like 18 times already. Have I said I have? I have. I've but, said it you know, part of the problem is like the approach to baseball now, where they're teaching the guys the uppercut swing, swing for defenses, three-run homers. Uh, teams don't play small ball anymore. So now um, you can spread guys out. All you do is throw some high heat. They're not going to catch them. They're going to swing at it. They're not going to catch up to it. But you know, guys now they just swing at trash. I mean – what well, I mean, forgot who it was, man. But what they do? The, 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 the ball was literally three feet off the plate. Three feet may be an exaggeration, but it was way up. It was nowhere close. It wasn't like the ball moved, like he threw it straight and then curved. Nothing. When he let that Ooh. ball go, it was three feet outside the plate. And he swung it. I'm like, what are y'all doing? Where, yeah, where's he, the he was swinging anyway? That dude yeah. was swinging anyway. He ain't care. It was he so was bad, he almost threw the bat at the ball. That's how far outside <laughs> off the plate he was. Like, it's no discipline. No, I mean, again, there's no real hitters in the game. And and we were spoiled. We we, we, we saw guys and had guys that were, uh, the word I like to use is professional hitters. They were professional ball players too. Um, they prided themselves on doing the five tool stuff uh some of them were probably a little more than five tool because of who they were and how they uh played the game i mean you know guys like charlie hustle those guys you know pete was a different kind of guy and please put pete rose in the hall of fame would you please and thank you please and thank you stop being stop being dicks you want to keep everybody out listen like the baseball ago Baseball will go two straight years without putting nobody in the Hall of Fame because they don't be nobody over player. over stupidity. Because let me tell you something: his you're not putting him in as a manager. Don't put him in as a manager. But what he did on a baseball field as a player, you can't have your all that four thousand hits, which is insane. Yeah, come on, man. Y'all play too much, and y'all need to stop that. Uh, writers, 
red ass uh, attitude that y'all have, acting like y'all uh, holier and, and, and uh, higher than uh, you know everybody on the planet because you write a column for the Red Sox. Man, shut up. Well, well, what you're going to see though, because you're starting to see it now. Like once this old guard leaves, and you get the, the you you're going to see some guys that have been held out for whatever reason start to get in. Because you're, you know, Barry Bonds is getting votes now. Before he won't get none at all. Yeah. Uh, you know, Clemens and those guys. Go ahead and put those. For one thing, in that era, everybody was juiced. As a matter of fact, the pitchers were juicing more than, than, than the hitters. When now, when you go back and look at it, yeah. So I mean, it's about it's about it was an uneven playing field. I know it was even. Everybody was was on. Everybody was juiced. You think only only them five dudes you holding out the uh, out the damn um, league? I mean, out the hall. Were the only ones that were juicing? No, it That's, was plenty of guys that that were juicing that that were just they they stunk anyway. You know, <laughs> you don't hear about that. What's what's the dude that used to play? Prunk used to play for us. Prunk. Oh, he was, he, he, you could tell when he came off the juice. My God, when he, when he came off, you realized he was actually only five eight, uh, <laughs> <laughs> His game went straight to hell. Yeah. He um, was He's there were a couple of guys that came off the juice. And I guess this, this, that's the one thing I hated about that whole thing. Players that the media liked, they didn't go in as hard as the player they didn't like. Because when yeah. Jeff Bagwell, you can tell when he came off, but that dude lost about 50 pounds, couldn't hit his way out of the paper bag the rest yeah, of his career. Bagwell was off. And you can was, tell he was juicing back when he was. He used to have the biggest veins in his biceps for exactly. no reason. Like, them mother like, this big, man. And, Him, and like, um, when Pudge Rodriguez came off, Pudge, Pudge was getting 40 home runs a year to about 18. Now, he's still Pudge. here for average, but he oh, lost he, a whole he, lot he, of weight. He, he can still hit, but then all of a sudden, again, he was another one who you found out was 5'6 and, and, and 165 pounds soaking wet. <laughs> right. Bless you. But he never got implicated. For some reason, his name never came up. And uh, He must have quit. I think he quit before. It got too bad, and I'll be honest with you. Even with with um, the problem that Big Mac had, is Mark Mark should have just said, "Hey, listen," because they knew he was using an Andrews thing. Listen, it wasn't illegal when I was using. It. I was just first of all, you play 160 something games. That's a lot of freaking games to play. Mm -hmm. Second of all. It's a lot of wear and tear on my body from the travel. It's a lot of wear and tear on my body from these stupid 165 games. And God forbid, we make it into the playoffs. So it's a culture. It becomes a culture. And I'm saying some of that because of uh, piggybacking on having watched some of the wrestling uh, autobiographies recently. They talk about some of that stuff. When you're on the road, 250 days out of 365 days, you doing something because it's especially in something that physical, you got to do something to repair yourself, to rejuvenate yourself, to get yourself back up for the next night or for that next, you know, think right. about Starcade back in the day, man, when they would go to 18 cities. Right. You, man, listen, if, if we played a football game at a grown man's age, when we were young, we never got sore all like that not real bad right old men out there every night wrestling man you know them dudes got stuff broke 
stuff torn, hurt up, back sprains, tingling down the arm. You got to do something to bring that shit back. Big Mac was doing, and he said that. I I, I use that to, to rejuvenate, but it's not illegal. And it wasn't at the time. It just wasn't on the list. So, all right, it ain't on the list. That means it ain't illegal. But they wouldn't let it go. And then eventually it became illegal. But, you know, at that point, it was too late. Right. Like, it was too late at that point. Uh, you know, so I, I don't, I think that Max numbers were aside from, even if you go aside from the numbers he had uh, when he hit, you know, uh, for the home run record and all that stuff, the dude's career to that point was still Hall of Fame. Same thing with Bonds. He was still Hall of Fame. Same thing with Clemens. He was still Hall of Fame. But you can't be mad or expect that no one did nothing aside from these group of guys. That's bullshit. That's complete bullshit. Oh, and by the way, watch Booker T's uh, autobiography on uh, a &E. Oh, he got one coming up because I miss Roddy Piper. I got to go watch that on demand. It just came I up. Watch, uh, huh? I said uh, Booker T's came out yesterday. Okay. I'm going to go check that out because I did go back and watch uh, Stone Cold. That was pretty good. Man. That was really good. Stone Cold was good. I watched... Uh, Booker T last night, and then I watched Macho Man today. Oh, Macho Man? Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I watched Macho Man's today. Uh, that one was pretty good, too. And Macho Man is in my top five for those who, who even care. He's in my top five all-time greatest wrestler. And he's in my top two all-time greatest interview. Oh, yeah. He's in my top two. Only person yeah, better Flair. than Macho Man is Ric Flair. Ric Flair is yeah. the greatest freaking soundbite interview on the planet. There's nobody better than Ric Flair at it. I don't even know why I disliked Ric Flair when I was a kid. Like, I watch that junk now, and I, I'm literally dying listening to Ric Flair. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I don't know why it's like, great. you know what? I know why, because we were just trained that way at the because time. He was the heel. Because he was the heel, so you don't root for the heel, supposedly, right? But I love the horseman, though. I love, listen, I love the horseman. And even crazier, my one of my favorite all-time tag teams is Arn and Telly. I love Arn and Telly. <laughs> Telly Blanchard and Arn Anderson, I love the both of them individually. And I love them together. I love them together. That was one of my favorite tag teams on the planet. I like them more than I like the Road Warriors. Like, they were okay. my they were two of my favorite. My favorite I already told you who my favorite was, and you scoffed at me when I told you who my favorite tag team was. Man, if you tell me, listen, first of all, the Rock and Roll Express could easily be the two worst dudes that ever wrestled. No, it wasn't the Rock and Roll, the Midnight Express. Beautiful Bobby and Loverboy Dennis. And that ain't that ain't better. Yes, it is. That's not. It is. They were great. They were the tag teams. You and my brother were the, the, the Midnight Express jerks that I was ever around. I, I don't even, like, there's nothing about those dudes that was good other than uh, their damn uh, manager because he was hilarious. Because they had about like 35 different finisher moves. They had the English rocket launcher. You had all different types of moves they used to do. Man, it was, I, I couldn't stand them cats. 
Now, I didn't like it as much when they brought in Sweet Stan Lane. I hated Stan Lane. Now, I'll tell you that. I, I agree with that. I didn't like Stan Lane. Uh, Beautiful Bobby uh, was fat. And he was fat. And I was like thinking to myself, like, he can't, man, this dude can't wrestle. And he, he couldn't could wrestle his ass off. He couldn't wrestle. I feel like we have some technical difficulties. Uh, our partner, RP, has something going on on his end, but that's okay. We were somehow we got on the top of the wrestling um, from baseball. And we're just trying to, you know, going over like our top five greatest wrestlers of all time, in our opinion, as well as uh, who we thought gave the, the greatest interviews of all time. I think he said he loved Ric Flair. Ric Flair was one of the best interviewers. Um, I think RP is coming back now. There I'm he back, is. All right, he's yeah, back. We had, we had I was trying to do some filler. I was trying <laughs> to do some filler while, while you were uh, away, and I was doing an absolute horrible job of it. I made it back in. But uh, yeah, uh, as I was saying, the damn Midnight Express and Rock Roll Express might have been, uh, aside from uh, the Rougeau brothers uh, and the Rockers. Ooh, the Rougeau brothers. They were actually, awesome. man, you know what? You go, the Rougeau brothers are actually kind of raw. They were, man, I'm not, we're not about to do this. I didn't like them, but it's like, you know, you know, it was always those guys who didn't appreciate their skill until you got like a little bit older. They had, now I will say this, they were whack, but they could at least wrestle. The Rougeau They brothers. could wrestle, right. I didn't, I didn't buy into the Rock, I mean, excuse me, not the Rock and Roll Express. I didn't think the Rock and Roll Express could wrestle either. They were more flared than they were anything. They weren't, they were just small and they used to get their ass beat too. When the Roll Warriors to beat their ass. Yeah, they was, I mean, but they was just flare. It was all just flare. They had the hair, they had the, the, the cool music. And right. everybody always loved everything they did. They tried to come in with a big bang or whatever. Uh, the Rock and Roll, now the one thing I did like about the Midnight Express, as much as I disliked them, their music was dope coming in the ring. That's some of the rawest intro music ever. That was that was actually pretty dope. I would never tell Donnie that though. I would never man. I meant to post some more stuff. Man, you know, I posted a Hulk Hogan's heel turn and some other stuff. Listen, last week I meant to post some more. I posted a. Jimmy Smith and Piper's Pit. We got hit with the coconut. Oh, we got hit with the coconut. <laughs> I didn't know how racist that was, but that was so racist. Listen, all he, of it was, he was like they bananas were, in his face. But all of it was, all of it was racist. Like, think about how every, all of it was like a stereotype or a cultural. It was or yeah, a racial was. stereotype. So you have like the Russians. So all of them were, you know, with the stupid thick accent, you know, they were all like bald head with the, with the goatee or something. You know what I mean? Like they just made them that way. The Iron Sheik, even though he was uh, actually, uh, you know, an Arab of Arab uh, uh, descent, he ain't have to wear them damn boots with the, 
Yo, the curls. I mean, <laughs> I mean, come on, bro. Y'all doing too much, man. You know what I mean? You got Coco beware just a jumping and a dancing. Just a, just. <laughs> like, come on, bro. Chill out. You know what I mean? Like, there and there was no cool. And that's why another reason why you got to go watch uh, Booker T's junk. Because they brought, they, they mentioned some people I ain't even know that were black, that wrestled. All of it was like some level of what? Like the dude that they mentioned, his name was Mr. Ebony. He was a black wrestler. I, I remember him. I don't remember him. I said, man, who the hell is that? And why is his name Mr. Ebony, dog? Oh, because the black him. Great. Yeah. Freaking great. But you know, for them, all of all of them were, I mean, and then all of the islanders, it was all wild savages. You know, yeah. all the you know, snookers. The Samoans. Snooker never wore shoes. Uh uh the Tongan kid never wore shoes. They come in with the grass skirt on. All of it was culturally inappropriate and borderline and completely totally over the top racist. But everybody loved it. We all loved it. We and look, we all bought into it. Like, re, like here I go again. Like retards, we bought into it. Look, look at uh, Kamala. Kamala. Like, bro, do you have a half moon on your navel? Kamala, you got, uh, you got a butcher on your navel and a star on your nipple. Or Kamala. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, Papa Shango. Yeah, I mean, come on, man. All of it was, all of it was, and then uh, Yokozuna, uh, the Kabuki. Yeah. I mean, all, these, all these guys were, <laughs> at some level, culturally insensitive and flat out racist. It just was what it was. And, and we, look, and we all ate it up. <laughs> yeah. You think we, about how ridiculous. Some of that stuff was, man. I'm going to post some more. I might post some more tonight while, while, while that's on my mind. Because I, I wanted to post the, the same. I, I couldn't find a good, clear copy of it, but when uh, Earthquake killed Damien, that's the one I wanted to post. When Earthquake did what? Killed Damien. You remember that? Oh, man, listen. Man, man when Earthquake tied up. Uh, man, uh, and then he did Dick his flag on him. And that fool did the splash on him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, just don't tag, just don't tag uh snake. Don't don't uh hashtag snake. I don't want no problems with Peter. Uh, you could just say Damien in it. <laughs> Jake the Snake said, man, he told the story. He said they had to clear all of that with uh ASPCA, whatever the animal people are, not Peter, but the mother animal people. Uh, that it wasn't real. They, you know, they had squished out the bag. Oh, I'm and sure they had to, And they said they had I'm to inspect sure it before and after to make sure that they really weren't, you know, um, hurting an animal. And I'm sure Jake said that was, he, said, he said that was his idea to do that storyline, too. That, that is that. hilarious. That's, that is. was hilarious. The freaking earthquake. I forgot about the earthquake. I forgot he about died. So, man, all those guys are dead, man. Like it's yeah. crazy how short their <laughs> lifespans are. Yeah, because uh Macho Man was only 58 when he passed. 
So yeah. a couple of years back, what was that? Almost ten years ago, he died. Was it? Okay. I think long? it was like 2011 or something like that. Okay. I didn't feel like it was that long ago until I was watching the show last night. But uh, yeah, and uh, one of the guys that still works for WWE in the in the background, like he's a talent guy, is uh, his last name is Pritchard. Man, that's <laughs> freaking brother love. Every time I see him, I'm like, <laughs> oh, man. I'm like, man, come on, bro. I, I hate him. Too. <laughs> I, I, hated, I hated him too. I ain't like brother love at all. He was so stupid. I hated him. I hated Paul Bear. I didn't like Paul Bear. I didn't like Paul Bear. You know, you know who I used to like though, uh, Mr. Fuji. That was culturally insensitive. He ain't never say nothing. Wait, but he he would he, he hit your ass with that damn oh, cane. Man, he was, oh, you was about to get wrapped with that cane. He was wrapping the hell out of you with that cane. You know, and his his best wrestler to me was uh was uh uh the Samoan. Uh what's his name? Uh King uh what was dude name? He used to be in the tag team with with the uh Tongan kid, but then he went off on his own. Uh Aku, Haku, that was his name. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember Haku. Haku, he was he was he was solid. He was a solid wrestler. I liked him. Yeah, I remember that. But Mr. Fuji used to wrestle. I've actually seen Mr. Fuji wrestle in person. I never saw that. <clears throat> like my father would take me down to the wrestling matches when it was at the at public hall. And I saw Mr. Fuji wrestle uh junkyard dog. Man, not the JYD. Not the JYD long either. I not bet it uh, that, that was the first time I saw Hogan. I saw Hogan wrestle. I saw he wrestled Orndorff once. Oh, wow. And the second time I saw Hogan, I want to say it was Cowboy Bob Orton. Cowboy Bob Orton. But you remember back in the day that a guy could lose his belt not on TV. Yeah. Like, it could be a random... Yeah. Uh, a random match in, in, in Greensboro, North Carolina, and you wouldn't yeah. know that they lost the belt until Saturday. Yeah. You turn on Saturday and you're like, uh, we got news of a new champion. You know, and if it's, and you know, and if somebody like like Dusty had the belt, I'd be like, what? Man, I know right. Dusty Rhodes ain't lose the belt. I hope Ric Flair ain't got it back, because of course they wouldn't tell you right away. Or somebody would just show up in an interview with the belt. You're like, wait a minute, how did he get the U.S. title? When that yeah, like what happened? Why Nikita? Oh, so Nikita, so so Magnum couldn't beat Nikita again. Yeah, damn. And you could be on edge because you know when Magnum TA and uh, Nikita had their seven match series, and all of them went on TV, so you ain't know what was going on. Yeah, you hope you, you know, know on Saturday you like you like come on man have one please have one two of those matches, Magnum. Right. And Magnum be getting it handed to him. Because Nikita be rushing, signaling his ass all over the place. <laughs> first, of all, first of all, Magnum had a mullet. We should have knew then he wasn't going to win. <laughs> Shit, yeah. they almost all of them had mullets back then. Shit. Yeah. yeah but look, man, we ain't got all off on a tangent. You know what? That, that's what we need to do, man. Like, maybe... We need to do a wrestling show. Maybe not the next show, but, but some show down the line. We need, we need to get Donnie on. Uh, who else likes wrestling? Elton. Get Donnie. Elton like, huh? like wrestling. Does he? Yeah. All right, we, we can get, get him on. So a couple oh. other people may just have a panel 
I'm gonna say, yeah, see, maybe I'll get uh, see if my cousin Nick want to get on. Yep, yep, yeah. Uh, I just about to say that I know Nick like wrestling too. So, so let's see if cats want to get on and, and and talk talk a little wrestling. Right. Talk a little wrestling. wrestling. And we All can right, go down so like let's... give give like our list of our top ten. Top five, top ten favorite wrestlers or favorite angles, you know, of all time. There's so many different angles out there too. Well, let's so, do. Maybe we'll do top five because I also yeah. Top like ten, top yeah, we'll be here all damn day. Yeah, do yeah. top five, like your top five favorite, and then your top five favorite tag team, and then right. You know, that and even that could be all night. Because you already know somebody gonna say something like the dumbass Midnight Express that's gonna cause people to say, you know, a bunch of stuff. But anyhow, hey, uh, folks, for the killer bees, the freaking man, stop bringing up people. <laughs> I hate the killer bees. Jumping Jim Brunzel. Jumping Jim Brunzel. And what was the other dude's name? I can't remember. But I do remember jumping Jim Brunzel. I can't remember yeah, But all right, folks, uh, let's wrap this thing up. Um, Sean, again, it was always, it's always my pleasure. Um, I always have a good time. It's always great to be able to have uh, these moments. I know you always get mad when I, when I do this, but appreciate you, man. I appreciate your time because I know you're busy. I know you don't always have uh, the time that you like to have to, to, to pull this off. So when you make time, man, it's awesome. Uh, and if anybody, uh, you guys out there who are listening, want to find out where we are, what we're up to, uh, come check us out on Instagram. Come follow us. Instagram, two guys on a mic, uh, 216. Facebook, two guys on a mic, 216. Uh, on Spotify, we're stream, uh, audio streaming on Spotify, on Anchor. Uh, help me out, because I can't think right now. Yeah, Audio Anchor, Spotify, Spotify, um, Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Podcast. Podcast as well. Um, and we're also on uh, YouTube. Again, two guys in a mic, 216. Come check us out. Come subscribe. Uh, come comment. You want to email us, two guys in a mic, 216 at Gmail. Email us, give us some comments, give us some feedback. Let us know if we need more content. Let us know. If you like the content that we're putting out, we don't care. We will respond back. We will dialogue with you guys. We appreciate you for spending any time or any energy with us. And uh, we will see you guys uh, next time out. Sean, you got anything? No, that's it, man. So you have a good rest of your week. And we will catch you guys next time. All right, y'all. Peace. Love you, man. <laughs>